Welcome to the Harvest Time Podcast. Harvest Time is a faith community reaching and embracing real people, engaging them in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit harvesttime.net. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Happy uh, Christmas Eve, everybody. Everyone doing good so far? Yeah? All the Christmas shopping done, I hope. If not, I saw a Walgreens sign was still on when I drove in to church tonight, so maybe you can get a gift card or something there. Um, You know, we're excited to be here tonight. We love Christmas at harvest time, and we look for every opportunity we can to celebrate Jesus' birth, and so tonight is a great opportunity for us to do just that. If if I haven't met you before, my name is uh, John Morris. I am... uh, born basically in this church, have been going here for over 20 years. I don't know, I don't look that old, but I am. And uh, I've been working here for several years, and I actually am one of the guys who gets to work in the arts department. I, I help oversee the arts director position. And so if any of you guys loved what you saw like at the Celebrate Christmas show, that's some of the stuff that, that I get to be a part of. And we get to work with some incredible people. You know, at Harvest Time, there is tons and tons of people that you don't see, probably literally a hundred or more people that you don't see that are in the background, whether they're musicians or singers or they're behind the glass up there um, or out in the parking lots doing what they do. And so since I'm up here tonight and I'm going to just hog the mic for a second, I want to brag on them. Didn't they do a great job at Christmas? You guys get to see a Christmas show, our, our arts team and stuff. There's so many countless, countless hours that were put in by the guys behind the glass and pushing buttons and stuff. You don't see almost like the Wizard of Oz. Um, they're behind the glass making magic, and, and I just want to say thank you guys for all you do to make Christmas at Harvest Time special. Um, not only do I do arts, and, and sometimes you maybe see me sing some songs and stuff, but I'm also famous because I'm married to the beautiful Stephanie Morris, the curly-headed worship leader sitting down here on the front row with me. She's shaking her head, no, I shouldn't have done that. Um, but <laughs> uh, she sings and leads us in worship all the time, and so she's one of the better parts of my life. And then I've got two boys, Jaden and Jonah, they're seven and six. They were here at the first one, and you're, you should be glad they're not here again because um, they can't make it through two of these. And they went with their grandparents and my little daughter, our newest addition, she's four months old, Willow. And uh, I'm trying to figure out this whole thing of fathering a daughter. And the only thing I figured out so far is that I'm going to lose a lot. And she has got me wrapped around her finger. She wins every conversation and she can't even talk yet. And so anyways, I'm blessed to be here. I've got a, a great family and blessed to be able to share just a short word with you on uh, this Christmas Eve. You know, as a, talking about family and, and thinking about my family and getting ready for Christmas, we're like one of those families that gets Christmas up like as soon as Halloween is over. We're like literally bringing in chocolate buckets full of candy from Halloween and then immediately pulling out our Christmas decorations. I know some of you guys hate that and the haters are going to hate, you know, but that's who we are. We, we, we get the lights up as soon as we can. We think that Thanksgiving is just a, a big, great meal and we can be thankful with lights on our tree um, just as much as we could without them. So we were, our family was getting ready for Christmas. We were putting up our tree uh, the beginning of November, and, and my kids are seven and six now, so they're actually somewhat, and I use the word somewhat loosely, helpful. And so this was the first year that me and Stephanie didn't have to sit there and fluff the tree and, and pull out every piece. They wanted to be in it. They were involved. And so they're pulling out pieces and you know, putting together the big puzzle of the fake tree. Um, any, any of you guys know how that works every year? It's like, we're missing a blue. Um, and so we, we were putting this thing together, and the kids were actually helping. This thing was coming together really nice. They're fluffing it out. It was a little lopsided, but hey, it doesn't matter. And, uh, and so they're getting, getting it all going. So I kind of found myself like in the way a little bit. 
And so I did what a lot of us do sometimes. Maybe we shouldn't, probably shouldn't, but I picked up my phone. And so I'm picking up my phone. I'm like responding to text messages and doing work stuff. So it was all for the Lord and uh, replying to emails and all kinds of stuff like that and, and kind of disengaged, kind of like lost track of what was going on with my family. And my wife, being the godly woman she is, she walked over to me and said, are you going to be with us while you're with us? And it kind of, uh, kind of stung, but you know, like the godly man I am, I heard her the fourth time she said it. And, and I replied and jumped up, put the phone down, and finished helping uh, putting together our Christmas tree. But you know, if we're honest, I think a lot of us have done that. We've been with someone, but not with them. Have you ever like, maybe, maybe you found yourself on your way home from work and you're like, maybe it's even the holidays, you're going, I gotta get this present, gotta get this thing, gotta make this phone call and do this card. And you're, you're like halfway home and then all of a sudden you're in your driveway and you're wondering, how did I get here? Anyone ever do that? You're just like, I don't remember making those last three turns. I don't know if my eyes were closed or maybe God just guided my car because I have no idea. You're, you were somewhere, but you weren't there. You're present, but not present. Maybe uh, you're like me and you had a conversation with your wife, and then a, you know, a couple of days later she brings up that conversation, and you don't remember having it at all, and you find out you were present, but not present, and they usually, my wife will let me know when I make that mistake. And then maybe, uh, maybe if you, you work in a business and you manage employees or you, you've got people at work underneath you, you've given them a task. You, you need to go do this. And then three hours later, you go, hey, I need to tell so-and-so to go do that. And you go tell them they've already completed it. You know, like we, I think there's all of us in at different points of life have found ourselves being present but not present, being there but not really there. And tonight I want to look at what God's word says about him being with us. And what that means to you and me. Because when God is with us, he is there. And so let's, uh, if you've got your Bibles, you can pull them out. If not, it'll be on the screen. It's Matthew chapter 1. Uh, we're going to look at the story of the birth of Jesus. Uh, this is chapter, uh, verse 18, starting right there. So it says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. I love this part right here. For he shall save the people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken to the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and this is important for us tonight, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded. You always do what the angels tell you. If the angel ever speaks to you out loud, you just obey, okay? In future reference. So he did what the angel said, and he took, took him, his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and his name was called Jesus. So tonight, I want to pull your attention to that the scripture. I, I kind of slowed down on a little bit right there. It's a scripture. It's verse 23, um, and, and I think this has huge significance to you and to me tonight, and, and Matthew, he makes this statement about the name of the Son of God used here, and, and this, is, this is scripture. It says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So Matthew, he pulls our attention to this name Emmanuel. He doesn't just say Emmanuel, comma, God with us. 
He says, Emmanuel, which is translated, or another version of your Bible might say tonight, uh, being interpreted. So Matthew makes a, makes a point to say, Emmanuel translated is God with us. And so when I saw that, I was like, that's kind of a weird phrase to be in the Bible. Why was there not just a comma? You know, why was it not just Emmanuel, comma, God with us? So I started kind of processing this and thinking about it. Why did it need to be interpreted? And, and for who? Why did it, why do you even need to tell people that it was interpreted? And this is, I think this is important for us. Here's why. The scripture was originally written in, in Hebrew and so, and, and, and spoken in Hebrew. And so Matthew, when he said Emmanuel to a Gentile, meant nothing. They had, that name Emmanuel had zero significance to the Gentiles. It was not in their vocabulary. So when the scripture was written, and it was written for all of us, that it had to be translated so they could know why and what and who Emmanuel was. So why does it need to be interpreted for the Gentiles, for us? You know, because we're, we're in this room, we're all, we'd be labeled as Gentiles. We're, uh, there may be someone of the Jewish descent here, but most of us are probably Gentiles here tonight. And so why would it need to be interpreted for us? Why do we need to slow down and interpret Emmanuel? Because the Gentiles are people who weren't religious. They were messed up, sinners, outcasts, broken. But now, since it's translated, they know that Emmanuel is God with them, even them. Even with their brokenness, even with their sin, even with their mistakes, that God can be with them. And so for us, Jesus is Emmanuel. He's God with us. The name Emmanuel, this, I find this interesting, is only mentioned in Scripture a few times. You know, and so you, maybe you've heard Emmanuel. We sang Emmanuel. The opening song had it in there. A lot of Christmas carols say, O come, O come, Emmanuel. And it's a pretty, a pretty prominent word in this time. But when you read through Scripture, it's, it's mentioned very few times. The disciples never called him Emmanuel. They never said, hey, Emmanuel, can you turn some more loaves of bread into more loaves of bread? We're getting hungry again. You know, we never see Mary you know, yelling at her son you know, and saying, Emmanuel, put down the scissors. Um, you know, we don't see that in Scripture. We see they, his name was Jesus. They called him Jesus. So why is the name Emmanuel significant? And I think Emmanuel, when you, when you kind of pull back, it kind of serves as a tagline. And so when I say tagline, some of you guys immediately know what I mean. Some of you are like, that just sounds like a, a weird word to describe something. I'm not sure what he's talking about. Well, I, I kind of, like I mentioned, I work in arts and, and, and media and marketing. And so when, when I think about that, I'm going to kind of pull back a little bit here. When I, when I am doing marketing and stuff and you're driving down the road, say you're driving down the road and you see a billboard. And Harvest Time has done some billboards before. There's a rule that, that says that no, you don't want to put any more than seven words on a billboard because any more than seven words means that people won't be able to read it as they're driving by and they lose, they lose the, the purpose of the product. They just see a bunch of gibberish and a bunch of paragraphs. So tagline is something that you use to describe something like in a really short manner. In this case, Emmanuel, God with us. Three words that describes and, and unpacks a lot. So here's, here's some examples of taglines. I, I want to show you guys that these are used all the time and that even God was using these in this case. Walmart, you guys, anyone know the, the tagline to that? Walmart, always save, always save, okay, okay, I'm going to say the name of a company, you guys repeat the tag on if you know it, these are, tag ons are powerful, Subway, eat fresh, okay, Nike, just do it, Kellogg, Frosted Flakes, they're great, I heard a couple of you guys, they're great, um, Energizer Batteries, they keep going and going and going, um, Burger King, have it your way. Oh, you notice a lot of these have to do with food. I'm getting kind of hungry. Um, <laughs> and then Emmanuel, God with us. 
So this is like a tagline. This is, this is almost God in, in a way saying, this is who I am, and I want to explain it to you really simply. I want to, I want to you've, you maybe try to use different words like Prince of Peace, King of Kings, uh, Jehovah Jireh, all these different descriptive words, and I think Emmanuel kind of sums all of that up with this phrase, God with us. So it's important, for, it's important for us. I think it encompasses all of who Jesus was, all of who Jesus is, and all he forever will be with us. So tonight, I, if you're like me and you, you hear stuff like this, you immediately start asking yourself questions. I, I ask myself questions in my head all the time. And so I'm going, in my head, how is God with me? I don't see him sitting over there. You know, there is a, a really pretty wood cross. Thank you, Wesley Skaggs, for building that for us. Uh, but he's not, I don't see him here. So how is he with me, John, tonight? Can you explain how God is with us? So I'm going to share four quick ways how God is with you. Number one, in his house. God is here now. God is at harvest time. He, he lives here. He works here. He, he does all kinds of great things. Did you know that every single weekend at harvest time, we get stories about people who've come to know Jesus. Their lives were radically changed. We hear stories about addictions breaking off, marriages being restored, we hear stories uh, of addictions being dropped and family strengthened. The word of God is preached and his presence is here. God resides in this house, amen? Amen. So Matthew 18, 20 says this, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Tonight, if you look around, go ahead, take a second, look around. Is there two or three of you here tonight? <laughs> yes. So is God here tonight? Yes. So I, I challenge you, if you want to be with God, if you need more of God in your life, be in his house. He works in this place. He moves in this place. He lives in this place. The second way we can be uh, with God, the second way that God is with us is in his word. God's word is alive and working. If you open it, it will speak to you. This book is your key, it's your guide, it's your help. This book is his words, and he is always present in his words. So think about it this way, if, if God is up here and he's speaking and you can hear his voice, then he must be close by, right? So if he must be close by, if his words speak to you, then that means he is living in this word. This word can help guide your life, change your life, shape your life, direct your life. He is in his word. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, all scripture is breathed out by God, meaning he, this is him, talking to you. And it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. This, this book is part, an important part of you being with God. So the third way that God is with us is in his people. God speaks to us through others, through other people. You know, in some of the most crucial times in my life, whether I was trying to make a, a heavy decision or, or, you know, maybe change something in my life or, or just needed some advice, I, when I was seeking God, searching, looking for answers, it was other men and women of God who gave me confidence, who gave me direction and confirmation to make the right choice. And God speaks to us through other people. And let me, let me say this, say it this way. God speaks through people who speak to him. And so if you're in a place in life and you're like, I need some direction, I need some guidance, I could use a little bit of advice to this. What I would challenge you to do is find someone who talks to God more than you. Find someone who, who maybe is a little closer to God because they might have the inside edge. They might have a scripture. They might have a word of encouragement for you. God speaks to us through other people, just like I'm speaking to you tonight, just like Pastor Marty speaks to us on a regular basis. He speaks to our lives through other people. 
And the fourth way that God speaks to us and that God is with us, sorry, excuse me, is in himself. Tonight we talked about in his word, we talked about in his church, talked about through other people, but God is a personal, relational God that literally wants to be with you. With you as an individual, God desires to talk to you, to listen to you, to spend time with you. He is a real God who became a real man so he could really be with us. Isn't that good news tonight? Isn't that good news that God is a real God that became a real man so that he could really be with us? God desires so much to be with us. When I look at the, uh, the Greek word, meaning of the word with here, and I, I'm not that smart, I had to look it up. I don't actually know it. Um, I looked it up, and the word with means face to face. So when God says he is with us, it's not that he's present in the room, around about, in the shadows, you know, a stone's throw away. It's that God is face to face with us. He is literally right beside you, walking through your life with you. You know, and when I think about this, I, I think he's not sitting in a room. He's not, I think sometimes we think that God is, is perched up in heaven, and he's like overlooking a cloud, watching us live our lives. Or maybe we think he's a, a myth or a legend, or maybe tonight you think he's a cosmic cheerleader. Um, you think he's just, he's hoping that you do the best that you can. But that's not God. God is a relational being, and he is with you. And when I say with you, I mean literally face to face, side by side, walking with you. And here's, here's some ways that God has proved this through, throughout uh, history. He's proved this, that God was with us when he sent his only son as a baby to be born to redeem mankind. God was with us when his son died upon that cross, innocent pain, the penalty for the guilty, for us. God was with us when Jesus Christ rose from the grave, defeating death and making a way for us. He was with us when he sent his son, when he sent his son to this earth. He was with us when he sent his spirit to comfort God and direct us. He was with us when he arranged for you to be here tonight so that you can have a chance to be with him in his house. You see, God is, is with us. He's beside us. He desires to be here. And when he sent his son, Jesus, Emmanuel, it was to prove that he was willing to be with us no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation, no matter what the penalty. You see, when we think about Jesus and what he did on this earth, and, and that's what, why we're here tonight, is to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And so if you think about why he came and, and what he did while he was here, uh, we think about the cross. We think about what he did on the cross. We think about the fact that he rose from the dead. But you see, if Jesus never does another thing, he's already done enough. But the great news about Jesus is that he's not done and that he's gonna continue to fight for and be with you as you walk through life. Jesus is not done with your life. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. You think about the word with, I'm kind of breaking this down. The word with is present tense. So when you think Emmanuel, God with us, this was not talking about Jesus just being born on the earth. This is talking about God actually being with us now today, even though Jesus has already come and died and rose again and went back to be with his father. God is actually still here with us. If you think about the, the Old Testament and then the New Testament, then now you think Old Testament, God, you're the creator. He created the earth. He created man. And then he spoke and he, 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 gave, he spoke to prophets and they worked and they moved in the land. And then Jesus comes on the scene and he is literally God in flesh on the earth. And then Jesus does what he does on the cross and living and, and reigns again. And then he sends the Holy Spirit to continue to be with us. You see that God, since the beginning of time, has always been with us. 
Emmanuel was not just a name for Jesus, but it was a name for him and his entire entity of, of who he is. It's a tagline for who God is to us and what he wants to do with us and for us. It's, he will always be with us. You know, some of you tonight, you may be waiting on God. You're hearing what I'm saying and you're going, John, I hear what you're saying, uh, but I hope that God is with me because I've got some stuff going on in my life that's pretty crazy. You know, in the holidays, sometimes it pulls out the best of us and sometimes it pulls out, if we're honest, the worst of us. And the holidays can be heavy for some people. And we talk about, you know, the songs and they're all smiley and there's lights and candles and and presence under the tree, but it, it's not always that fun sometimes. You know, it, recently, there may be some of you that have lost loved ones, and, and this is a different Christmas. This is a different place that you've been in, and, and this is going to be a different adventure for you in your life. And maybe some of you, your finances are stretched thin. You're here tonight, but you're not real sure what's going to be under the tree tomorrow. Maybe for some of you, your marriage is struggling. Maybe your kids are far from God. Maybe there's addiction that's eating you away that no one knows about. Maybe there's something in your past that just won't let you go. And and tonight you're going, John, I hear you saying God's with us. But, dude, if you knew what was going on in my life, you you might not believe that. If you knew what was going on in my life, you might be going, I'm not so sure that God is with me. But this is the good news. The good news is that he is, is with you. And while we are waiting on God, catch this. While we are waiting on God, we are waiting with God. While we are waiting on God to move in our circumstances, our situations, our frustrations, our families, our finances, whatever we're waiting on God to do, we are actually waiting with God. He is with us, Emmanuel, God with us. He is beside us face to face, in proximity, living with us here tonight. Remember that funny story I told you at the beginning about us, my family, putting together our Christmas tree? And, and we're fluffing it and all that stuff, and I wasn't with the family. I challenge you tonight, don't make the common mistake of missing out on being with God while you are with God. Does that make sense? That, that we can actually miss being with him while we are with him? He is here in our midst tonight. He is here when you leave this place. And I think sometimes we can miss that, that, the, 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 that thought that he is with me no matter where I go, no matter what's going on. And I love this about Jesus, that he came down to the earth. When, when God sent Jesus to the earth, he sent him to, to put on our flesh, to live in, in our dirty world, to, to live around our pain and our sickness. He came into humanity, in, into destruction, into death, into disease. He came down into to sin. He came down into that and, and before he was up in heaven. Then all of a sudden, now he's here on earth living in our world. He took on flesh. The, the baby Jesus that we're talking about here tonight, he came into this world and put on flesh to be like you and me. And he did that to prove that no matter what, that he was going to be with us. No matter how far away that we walked, he was, gonna, he was not done fighting. No matter, no matter what things that we've done, what things that we've said, he's not done. He's here with you. And I'll prove that to you because I'm going to send my son. I'm going to send him as a baby to be born in Bethlehem. And he's going to grow up one day and he's going to live. He's going to heal. He's going to teach. But most importantly, he's going to die and live again. And he does that for you because I love you that much. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So what does that mean, whosoever? That means the Gentiles. That means us. It means no matter what you've done, it matters no matter what your political affiliation, 
is no matter whether you're conservative or liberal, no matter what race you are, no matter what gender you are, doesn't matter what you've done and where you've been, God will be here for you. It says, whosoever will call upon his name. So tonight, you are part of the whosoevers. You get the opportunity to be with God. He is here waiting on you to be with him. Emmanuel was translated so that no person would go without knowing that God is with us. And tonight, I speak those words of truth to you. Some, some of you tonight need to be reminded that he is with you. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, over and over and over again, it says these words, I will not, it says these words, it says, I will not leave you nor forsake you. No matter what you've done, maybe in this place you've been close to God, you've been with God, you know what that feels like, and you're approaching the season and it's been all about gifts, it's been all about money, it's been all about family, and you've missed out on the opportunity to make it about Jesus. You know, tonight you have an opportunity to turn. You have an opportunity to turn your attention. You have an opportunity to turn your eyes and turn your gaze onto the person that is looking towards you. While we are waiting on God, we are waiting with God. So tonight's an opportunity for you to make a change, for you to turn your heart, for you to find new hope, for you to be filled with faith, for you to be with Him. So tonight I ask you this question, will you be with Him? It's a choice. Will you open up your heart to Him? Because He is here. How do I I come to be with God? Maybe you're asking yourself that question tonight. Well, in the Word of God it says this, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's that simple. It's calling upon his name, reaching out to him. So tonight, I want to lead us all in a prayer, a prayer that would hopefully draw us closer to him, a prayer that will acknowledge that he is standing right beside us, longing to be with us. And so tonight, if you're in this place and you're, John, I, I'm, not, I'm not with God. I'm not with God. I'm not, I haven't been with God. I've never been with God. And maybe you're in this place and you're like, I've been with God, but He's not, he's not that close. He's in the room, but he's, he's on the other side of the room. I, I need to do a little bit better job. I want to pray with you tonight that you would truly make this a, a, a time of year that you are with him as he is with you. So you guys, I, want, I just want to invite you to, to repeat a prayer after me. So everyone bow your heads and close your eyes. Just repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I thank you for your son that came to this earth to be with us. I thank you for his sacrifice. I thank you that he rose and is living. And I thank you that you are with me. Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. Please be with me. Amen. Emmanuel, God with us. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. It's always encouraging to know how God is touching lives through this ministry. So if you have a story of how God is working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at share at harvesttime.net.